0: Time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. You know, a couple of things coming up I need to tell you about. Number one, this is uh, episode number 94 and coming up on episode number 100, I can't believe it's, been, it's gonna be 100 episodes here uh, before long, I'm gonna be giving away some really cool things here on the Vintage Truth Podcast, so you wanna stay tuned for that. And secondly, I'm also... Going to give away for free to anyone who wants it. A new ebook called By Faith, The Rugged Adventure of Following God. What does that mean? What does it mean to walk by faith? I want to give you an ebook of this incredible compilation I put together on how to walk by faith from some of Scripture's most incredible people. I want to give that to you for free. I'll give you links on that, on how to do that here very soon. All right, topic for today. We want to talk about four ways that you will never be the same after meeting Jesus Christ. What are some ways that God has organically and forever changed us from the moment that we trusted in Him? You know, a lot of times we have confusion about the Christian life because, you know, some people that are listening to this broadcast came to know jesus or came to christ at a very young age you know what can you really know about your salvation at a young age you came to christ at at four or three even. you're a young kid all you know is you trusted in jesus for your sins but still these four things happened now we grow both in our understanding of our salvation and of what happened to us at salvation and we also grow in our experience of that it's just like being born with with two legs. You're born with two legs, but it's going to be a year before you're going to walk on them. And so you learn over time how to use those legs, how to, you know, wiggle them. You learn how to scoot across the floor with them, learn how to crawl, and then learn how to stand on them, and then then you learn how to walk. The same is true with some of these things here. You may not realize what happened to you at salvation, but some pretty dramatic things took place. I want to talk about four of the key things that changed at the second you trusted in Jesus Christ. Here's the first one. The first one is is that your nature changed. Your very nature changed. God produced a a metamorphosis inside you that no one else can duplicate, that no religion can duplicate, that no self-effort can produce. So, say, so Jeff, what, what is that uh, change? What, how did God change my nature? Well, we, let's look at a scripture here. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. It says, therefore, if any man or woman or boy or girl is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's sort of the flagship verse for life change. For anyone who comes to know Jesus Christ. You say, well, what does it mean? I mean, you know, I still struggle with some old things. Does that mean I'm not a Christian? Well, Paul struggled with old things in his life. In Romans chapter 7, he tells us about that intense struggle. But his nature and your nature was miraculously changed. What does that look like? Well, the Bible tells us that we received a new nature, at the moment of salvation. In fact, in 1 John chapter 3, it says this. It says, No one who is born of God practices sin. Say, what, what does that mean? It means as a habitual lifestyle, sin cannot be dominant over us anymore. Why? Well, the rest of the verse tells us. Because his, God's, seed abides in us and we cannot habitually practice sin because we are born of God that word seed is the greek word sperma it literally means that god has placed a new nature that comes from him that the new birth we read about in john chapter 3 it says is from above and so when we are born of god we we carry his spiritual DNA, we have a sense of, of God's new DNA that he has given to us in that new creation. It's like, you know, if, if, a, if you're born a dog, you're a dog. You're not a cat, okay? Yet you carry the DNA of a dog. If you're born a bear, you're a bear. You're, you're not a, a snake. And if you're born of God, you're no longer the person that you used to be Intrinsically, essentially, from your spiritual biology standpoint, you've been given a new nature. And that means that you're you're not the same person anymore. You're not the same person. So you have God's divine nature within you. It's like it's like royalty. You've been born into a royal family. And, you, and at birth, you, obviously, you don't understand all that. You don't understand how that, that works, and you don't understand all of who you are, but, but your very nature has changed. Now, why is it important that you begin to understand that point of your salvation? Because of the second thing that changed. Because some people try to mimic the second area of change without first having the first area of change. In other words, they try to do the things that Christians do to act like Christians, but they're not Christians. And that's why, watch this, they don't last. That's why an interest in Christianity is just a passing fad for them. And I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years who have come on like gangbusters. Man, they, are, they have the enthusiasm of a rabid football fan coming to church, coming to Jesus, coming to Bible study. Man, they're just, they're so excited. They've got an open Bible. They're marking up their Bible. They're sitting on the front row. They're soaking it all in. They're laughing. They're singing. They're having a good time. But they're like fireworks, you know. They blast off and make an impression, and they fall to the ground. You know why? Because they tried to live the Christian life without the Christian nature. They had never been truly changed from within. It was just an emotional thing for them. So we have to be careful that we make sure that Christ has truly entered us and changed us before we try to start doing stuff that Christians do. So you, you received a new nature. You, what changed was you got a new nature. Here's a second thing that you that changed, is that you received new appetites, new desires, new hungers you know first peter chapter 2 and verse 1 it begins by saying putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander he says like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that by it by what by the word you may grow in respect to your salvation to salvation so the second thing that changes is is that you receive a new uh, new set of appetites, you know. And here's the, here's the key thing: is that nature determines appetite. You get that? So there's a new hunger in your life. There's a new thirst. It's coming from the inside. It's not coming from external pressures in your life. Do you get that? Because a lot of religion and, unfortunately, a lot of Christianity today is motivated by external pressure. Now, we sometimes we mask that sometimes by calling that accountability, you know, because we want people to conform and to do stuff they're supposed to do, so we create accountability for them. And that's okay to have accountability, but watch this. It better be coming from the inside. You better really want this. Or it's not real. Now, the level of our desire, the level of our appetites changes. And in one sense, it grows over time. Another sense, it's constant. And sometimes you're just not hungry. Okay? Now we are we're fallible, frail creatures that sometimes don't follow Christ as we should. And sometimes be, the reason for that is because we're just not hungry. How many times have you gotten up on a Sunday morning and you're, you're not hungry? I'm not hungry for what he's going to say. How many times have you encountered your Bible with just a, I kind of feel full because I've been feeding myself other stuff that makes me feel full because I'm, I don't really want some God right now. I don't really want some of his word. So appetites, you know, just like our physical appetites, they come and go. But it, but if if your body's working properly, you're going to be hungry at At the proper times and you're going to feed yourself and that's what this verse says it says like a newborn baby long that means to to crave to desire the pure milk of the word let me ask you a question a do you want the bible do you want god's word in your life do you want to encounter that now some of you guys are going to be honest with me right now and saying you know I I don't know. And, and one reason why you might think that is because you've never really been exposed to exciting Bible teaching. And I'm talking about someone who understands how to communicate the word. You may, have, you may go to a church where, you know, the pastor gets up and what he says is just so shallow and so it, it is milk. But that's all you ever get. You never get the meat of the word. That's what Hebrews chapter 5 tells us is that, you know, as you grow in Christ, you need to want meat because you get teeth and teeth want meat. Teeth want something solid, food rather. Teeth want solid food to tear into. But you may have grown up in a tradition where, let's be honest, that guy up front really doesn't do it for you. Well, you need to find a guy who does. You need to find someone who can open that book and teach you the eternal truths that God has written within for you. That's your job to do that. God's not gonna come knocking on your door with that guy. You need to go find a church that does that. Work hard until you get that. And you know he ought to have a personality, ought to be a great guy, but at the same time he ought to be able to take you deep into the word. And look, you know, I've I've always had a great time teaching people the Bible. It's the Bible's never boring. The Bible's always exciting because it was written that way from an exciting, eternal God. So the part of our appetite that changes is that we have new desires we didn't have before and they're coming from within. And what happens when we desire that milk and later that meat? It says we grow. We grow with respect to our salvation. See, that's what I was talking about earlier. We don't always understand everything that happened at salvation. That's fine. But we can grow in it, and here's how you grow. You drink milk, you eat food, and you do it regularly. If you do that, and that's a desire of yours from within, I guarantee you by the authority of God's word, you will grow in your faith. You'll grow. You'll get stronger. Be able to handle stuff out there in the world because your desires are changing. Well, what about if if you never grow? What about if you never long for that milk? Well, that's what he says in the next verse. He says, well, this is only true, people, in verse 3, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Well, some people have not tasted that and had that nature change we talked about in a minute ago. If you hadn't really tasted that, then you're not going to have the appetite for it. And like I said earlier, you can't just pretend to have the appetite because that'll just go away after a while. You can't pretend to like certain foods that you don't like. So, The second thing that God did in your life, what changed? Well, your nature changed. Secondly, your appetites changed. Here's the third thing that changed. The Bible says that your purpose in life changed. You know, the very, very uh, famous popular book that was written years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. I've never read that book because I already had a purpose. I didn't need to read it. And this verse in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, here's here's your new purpose in life. You know, people say, well, my purpose in life is to be a missionary. My purpose in life is just tell others about Jesus, and that's really as you know that's as far as it goes. There's a deeper purpose to that. Did you know that? That before you go out there and be a witness for Jesus, which you should be, be I said a witness for Jesus. There's something more important that changes your purpose for living. And your main purpose for living is not to tell others about Jesus. Did you know that? So, oh, that's blasphemy. How can you say that? There's something greater than that. And when you hear this verse, I think you'll agree. Here's what Jesus said. And he's telling this to the Pharisees, people who knew all this truth, supposedly. It says in verse 26 of Matthew chapter 22, uh, 36 rather. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? How's Jesus going to handle this question? This is what he says. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Did you get that? This is the great and foremost commandment. Then he followed up by saying, And a second commandment, this is number two, by the way, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets. So, yeah, the reaching out to others is there, but it ain't number one. Jesus said the number one thing in your life, your new purpose is to love God, is to have a relationship with him. And now some people, that that upsets them because they think, well, I'm not doing something. Your number one purpose in life is not to do something for God. It's to be with God. It's to know God. It's to love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your, your mind. So what, is that, what does that mean? Well, with all of your heart, it's talking about your will. With all of your desire, all of the choices that you make, you love God. With all of your soul, it's talking about your emotions. To learn to love God with your emotions to express emotionally to him what you feel about him, to grow in your emotions. And with all your mind, that's that's with your thoughts. That's a that's the totality of the of the person that you and I are, right? So we love God intimately and personally and supremely and deeply and intelligently and passionately and willingly. Jesus said your new mission should you decide to accept it, which, which you will if you're a believer, is to have a new purpose in life. And that new purpose is to love me. And the more that you are into that word and that word is into you, and the more you expose yourself to the truth about God, the more you will love him. It's, it's a natural thing. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to pull the plug, excuse me, pull the, uh, the rope and try to crank it like a lawnmower. No, it's it's It'll happen. But that's your new purpose. That's the thing that changed. You've got a new purpose in life. It's not to love just your spouse or your kids or your parents or your friends or yourself. No, it's to love God. Here's a fourth thing that changed in your life. Not just a new nature, not just a new appetite, not just a new purpose, but finally, the Bible says that what changed in our life is that we received a new identity, a new identity in Jesus Christ. That's why in we see in Ephesians chapter 1, that little phrase, in Christ, that's our identity. And we see it in verse 1, verse 3. (laughs) We see it again in verse 4, verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, verse 10, again in verse 10, verse 12, verse 13, twice, verse 15, verse 20. We see it in chapter 2, verse 6, verse 7, verse 10, verse 13, verse 15, verse 22, verse verse 21. (laughs) Skip that one. Hey, what does it mean to be in Christ what, what does that really mean oh, so much I, I wrote an entire book actually a, a Bible study book on identity in Christ it's called done deal and it's a Bible study book that I wrote many years ago uh, for young people but a lot of adults have used it too You say, well, "What what are some of those things that that changed about my identity well to summarize this is what Paul says we have a new foundation of life. It tells us in Ephesians one four that we are now holy and blameless before Him. Do you see yourself as holy? Do you see yourself as blameless? Do you see yourself as as someone? In verse five, says that who has who has been predestined as as a son, as a daughter, through Jesus Christ. Do you see someone who is who has been accepted in the beloved? As verse 6 says, do you see yourself as someone in verse 7 who has been, who has experienced redemption through his blood, someone who is completely forgiven of all of their sins, past, present, and future, already paid for, according verse 7 says, to the riches of his grace? Do you see yourself as someone that, that God has made known the mystery of his will, the mystery of Jesus Christ made known to you? Do you see yourself as someone who has an inheritance? Verse 11 says, someone who has been sealed in the Holy Spirit. Uh, These are game changers. You're a new person, new nature, new appetite, new purpose, and new identity. That's what changed, my friend. You are new. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to JeffKinley.com.